Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Cindy and Joe Show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And if you're a Tigers fan, you are the owner of a lonely heart. <laughs> lonely because, well, the Tigers have really left us wanting. That's for damn sure. Listen, I, I, I gotta I gotta get something off my, my chest, okay? Just one thing, Joe? <laughs> Well, it's a couple things, so <laughs> so bear with me while I go through my my little, you know, synopsis of this this Tigers team right now. You go, boy, you go. Tell All us. right. First thing is, this Tigers team couldn't score in a whorehouse <laughs> with Viagra. Okay, that's the first. That's the first thing. This offense is wow. offensive to me, and I gotta watch this again, and I have to see this again. And not only that, but we were told that this was going to be a better year, right? We both predicted a lot of wins. We did. We both predicted a lot of wins. I look back on that prediction and go, man, that's bad. That's, that's pretty bad. Because right now, through the games that all the games they played, they've got 63 runs. I think it's 63 runs. Well, that explains their record. Listen, it's it's just it's just one thing after another. And if they didn't have if their bullpen wasn't ha, had the best ERA in the Major League Baseball, it could be even worse. If their starting pitching wasn't top ten in, in the ERA, it could be a lot worse. This team can't field to save their life. The the defense is is really just it's maddening to me. And the offense, like we've said, is really, really bad. And it's offensive to watch. Well, you know, this is the sad part about this is, you know, we've talked about the issues with concerns about the bullpen in the past, concerns about the starting pitching rotation, you know, pitching, 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 you know, so important to the game. And here we are, the Tigers seem to have finally dialed that in after all of these years, right? They finally got it dialed in on their pitching. They've got a very good start, as you pointed out. And now everything else is falling apart. And it's just inexcusable to me and unexplainable why we have to tolerate this stuff when they finally get one thing right and everything else is going to help. Um, you know, the bats got to come alive. And until they do, they're going to have to get real creative with how to get on base and how to advance the runners once they're on base. And as far as their fielding goes, well, you know, my God, I mean, they got to – start training these guys better because I mean, I think they're going to have to start hitting beach balls out there into the outfield to see if somebody can catch them. It wouldn't even help. Wouldn't even help. See, they got 67 runs scored on the year. You know who that's tied with? 
the three and twenty Cincinnati Reds. The three and twenty Cincinnati Reds. That's how bad the offense has been. And I want to hear about how it's cold out or or a couple guys are are struggling. Okay, cool. But that doesn't that doesn't equate to why they are this bad at trying to score runs. Just doesn't make sense. But this is a bigger there's a bigger issue in this too. Now, Cindy might call me unfair, because she probably will. But listen, this all goes to the foot of that dog bleep bad <laughs> general manager known as Al Vila. Now, recently we posted the Between the Whistles, the general uh, general manager power rankings, okay? Stevie Y was number one. Brad Holmes was number two. Troy Weaver of the Pistons was number three. And Al Vila was number four. I'm surprised you even put Al Vila on the list, period. Well, to be, to be, to, made to, list is qualifying. To be honest, I, I should have just put, like, Jim Harbaugh and Mel Tucker ahead of them, even <laughs> though they aren't general managers, because at least they can put together an effing roster, okay? Like, you expected the rubbings to be bad. Not, well, they, they were actually pretty, they were decent this year. They, they, they weren't that great. But anyways, you get the point. The Pistons, you expected them not to be good. They're in year three of their re- their rebuild. Like they're, they're Troy Weaver's on year three, Brad Holmes is in year two, Stevie Y is in year three, and he had a mess to clean up. He basically had to he basically had to mop the floors and clean up all the puke in the bathroom. <laughs> Al Avila was in this organization. He was wow. in the organization, so he comes in. He's in he's in year seven. He's in year seven. We gave mm-hmm. we we gave. You know, we give we give Stevie Y a hard time because the rubbings weren't just that good this year. We gave Brett we give Brett Holmes a bad time because you know, he's in year he was in year one last year and they won three games and people are like, oh, now now they're starting to come around because they're actually starting to use their effing heads. You know, that's that's a freaking crime nowadays using your brain. And then Troy Weaver, they're like, oh, the team doesn't improve because you don't want to improve because you gotta get that you gotta get that lottery pick and get get a stud to pair with Kate. Now, Al Vila's been there seven years. Seven years. And, you know, you got Spencer Torkelson up, Casey Mize up, you know, Riley Green up. Those are first-round picks. He should hit on first-round picks. Now, I'll give him credit for Tarek Skubal. I'll give him credit for the one year of Akil Badu, because right now Badu is, is, is doo-doo. <laughs> I'll give him that credit. But I will not give him credit for this roster and the way that it's 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 constructed. Listen, we always heart we always get pissed off about the Red Wings, right? The Red Wings they they, right. they should be better than they are. Eisenman's in year three. I mean, there's some fans that are like get growing impatient with Eisenman, okay? The beloved Steve Eisenman. Brad Holmes has been there two years. Basically, he's had enough time to put his 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 doc his his, his uh, bachelor uh, degree on on the wall. And he's he's he got flack. Troy Weaver is getting flack, and now Vila gets a free pass in this town, like hell, like hell, like hell. And it makes it even worse because they are losing to the rat bleep Pittsburgh Pirates. Would it make you feel any better, Joe, if they were losing to uh, the Houston Astros because they're going to be playing them soon? If they were losing <laughs> the New York Yankees, I'd be like, okay, makes sense. Yankees are hot. Okay, cool. They were losing their race. I'd be like, cool. They're losing to the Pittsburgh 
pirates. Oh. Okay. okay, I'll give you this. Here's the thing. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again and expecting different results. So the fact that Alavila seems to be taking the same road every single year in his rebuild, a rebuild would indicate progression, okay? You need to see progressive improvement. That is not the case here. Why would you continue to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results? That's the definition of insanity. So I think what we have, Joe, is we've got a GM who's simply insane uh, that's currently in charge, you know, of of the uh, Tigers. And we have, I think, you know, Steve recognized it's time to make a change in his organization. Uh, and he released Jeff Flashler. It didn't renew his contract. I think it's time to be recognized a change needs to be made in the front office of the Detroit Tigers if we're going to see anything happen. And it's a shame because he's got a lot of good talent there. He's got, okay, a kill, but do so he's having a rough year. He's got a little bit of a slump, but hey, the guy had a hell of a rookie year, even under Alavila. So, but I think that these guys deserve, and A.J. Hinch deserves a better GM than Al Avila. And I think that it's up the organization's ownership to make that change, to give their club a chance, and to give these guys a chance and stuck with them. Listen, the Pirates payroll is $41 million. You're losing to a rat bleep franchise. You're losing to a rat bleep franchise. You won game one, cool. You should sweep these 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 guys. They're not good. They're not good. Not not they're not they're, none of it's good. But you know, this is this is the thing. And I go back to this. When Stevie Y trades with someone, he usually gets a better end of the deal. Agree? Yes. When when Brad Holmes made the deal on draft night to get the, the trade with the Vikings, he got the better end of the deal. When Troy Weaver traded corpses to other teams, he got draft picks. Okay? <laughs> and they turned into Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, you know, guys like that. No, I have no problem with that. El Vila has traded these players away, and he has nothing to prove for it. J.D. Martinez, Justin Verlander. Like, those are two big ones that you could you, – you should have got you should have got someone's best prospects, you know? Like, I was hearing this today, right? Mm-hmm. The Chicago White Sox, when they traded Jose Quintana, who the Tigers played today, who's pitching for the Pirates, they traded him to the Chicago Cubs, right? They didn't just get – uh, two one prospect. They got two prospects that are big time ball players for their team right now. Dylan Cease and Eloy Jimenez, who is one of the finest outfielders in the game right now. And they were trading Jose Quintana. We traded Justin Verlander, JD Martinez, and got back a spit whistle. <laughs> well, I'll, look, there, there's a lot more going on here than meets the eye, and I think it's obvious that. Uh, there's a failure in this organization to develop talent uh, and develop it properly. You finally got your, your pitching on par, but now where the hell are your bats? Your bats are gone. Who's, who's your batting coach? Who the hell is in charge of that? Um, You know, we've got to find out. I mean, I get it. A guy is going to go into a slump from time to time. Okay. That happens, but you don't have half your team in a slump. That doesn't happen. Statistically, it's not, it's not possible unless you've got a failure somewhere in your training program. And that's exactly what I think we're seeing evidence of. So nobody has to tell me that there's a failure in the training program because it's obvious in the performance. Okay. So 
um, they need to address those issues. Alavilla is the guy who's responsible to do that, and he's not doing that. So until they get this figured out, the only way I think that their Tigers are going to have some chance, they got to bring the bats back. Okay, that's it. End of story. They've got to start hitting. Now, in addition to starting to hit, what can they do in the meantime? And that's what I said I, I alluded to earlier, right? One of the things they can do is they're going to have to get creative with getting these guys on base. They're going to have to force some walks. They're going to have to, once they get on base, you know, maybe just concentrate on, on, on lobbing a couple into the, you know, barely into the outfield just to get some guys on base and then maybe work on some, you know, you know, base running, um, concentrate on other areas of the game until they can get up to par with getting these sluggers hitting again. Because when your team is batting under 300, you're not going anywhere but down. And what are the, the Tigers are what, like 272 or something like that? Um, you know, you've got half your team not performing. And so until you correct that, you're going to have to try to stay in the hunt somehow, waiting for that to happen. And the only way you do that is by getting creative. That's going to be up to A.J. Hinch because, unfortunately, he is stuck with Alavila. And um, hopefully can put some pressure somewhere to make a change. But until that time, they're going to have to get creative with their uh, crew that they've got. Listen, it's, it's one thing for people to make excuses for this team. Because I see a lot of people making excuses for this team. Oh, it's the first month. Oh, it's this. You're at the same record you were last year. Yeah, last, unacceptable. Last year, when you after May, you started to take off. But it was a little bit too late because you can't catch up to the – you had to play near perfect to get back to what you, you know, get to, to get a chance at the playoffs, right? Yep. You had to play near perfect to get to that spot. It's the same thing this year. You're gonna have you you're gonna have to start winning series, and you play some dog bleep franchises in the next couple of weeks. The Athletics, who they can't even get they can't even get the cat to go to the, the, the game. <laughs> your your cat your cat they can't get him to go to the game. The the Orioles. I mean, the coolest thing about the Orioles is. Their cartoon, the mascot. their cartoon character on their uh yeah I on agree their hat. I agree that's but, the coolest but, thing but no them. but no no one respects the Orioles I mean they got a they got a they got a uh, salary that's probably like ten million dollars basically the you know <laughs> like cheap they're like on the Walmart salary <laughs> like you're you're bringing all these teams in that are just junky teams so you should be winning like you should be winning Pirates are a junky team no matter what their record is they're about the same record but I mean, come on! Like it, 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 the, the Tigers were supposed to be a near playoff team. That's what we were told. That's what we were told. Like they LV- and, and quite frankly, that's why Miguel Cabrera stuck around because he believed it too. He was sold a bill of goods, you know that he and he LV- says he wants to stay. He says he wants to stay with this organization. Hey, how about let's look at this? Let's take Miguel Cabrera and make him the GM. I mean, you, you, might, you might as well because, right. I, I mean, he at least has a pulse. I don't think El Vila has a pulse right now. Like, well, it, like people people want to say, oh, you know, it, it, it's a lot harder to rebuild in baseball. You know, old people, you know, like, you know, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me because any other GM, we'd be raking them through the coals if they are in year seven and they were doing nothing. Like, I got to hear from people going, Oh, you gotta give them more time. You gotta give more time. The the Tigers are running out of time. Here's the thing, and it's just like you said, and I agree with you, Joe. Which is why I said they've got to do something to win some games to keep them at least in the hunt 
um, at this point before they get it better. Because otherwise, you're going to be trying to play catch up and trying to get in the playoffs when it's impossible. I remember El Vila back in 1988. <laughs> they have a good ball club here in Detroit. <laughs> All the all the old, all all the older people are like he's a fine young man. He's not young. He's like great tune though. 60. Good choice. I'm digging it. Like, hey, take out Avila out and like let's get someone who has like a pulse. You know, like take his ass out and just throw him to the curb. He's he's like uh he's like uh the sink that doesn't work anymore. Okay, like you get rid of the sink because it's it's not good. Like you just it doesn't work no more. Like you you can't be you can't wash your hands in that. It's forever unclean. Right, I got you. Wow, that's a real, that's a very interesting um, comparison. I, I would have never put that Alabila, together. A, a non-working sink is Alabila. I, Alabila I needs to be, boob, Alabila's boob ass needs to get gone. I'm sick oh, of it. Was, it was Matt Patricia that you called a boob. Sorry, yeah, but this Matt, would qualify too. I this think. would qualify too because, you know, at least at least with Matt Patricia, he made it known real early. Alabila, I knew, I've been saying this for years, but no, everyone's like, you got to give him a chance. How much chance should you see? I mean, for God's sakes, it, you see the fruits of their labor early on. If they're a good GM, you see the fruits of their labor. Like, if, especially if they're trading people. Like, I mean, Jesus, Pete, Stevie White trades Mantha and gets back a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and Jacob Verona. Sweet. Sweet trade. Troy Weaver trades a bunch of corpses for drag picks, and he ends up he ends up with Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart. Even cooler. Brad Holmes fleeces the Vikings GM and gets Jameson Williams in the draft. Okay, bold, bold. I respect that. Would you get back for J JD and JV? <clears throat> Nothing. Nothing. No doubt. Poor moves, poor moves by this GM, but what it shows me in the fact that he's got, he's really letting these players down in terms you're of in year, the organization. You are in year seven. Year yeah. seven. No, he's letting, he's letting them down. He's letting us down. And the organization, the, the, the ownership needs to recognize that and they need to do something you know, about it. You know the thing that pisses me And they need to do something about it, Joe, before it's too late. You know what you know, you know pisses me off? Ken Holland got raked through the coals in, in the city. Raked through the coals. And he won Stanley Cups. He won Stanley Cups. He won one in the salary cap era. He won three in the non-salary cap era. Guy won. Yeah. The one guy who hasn't won nothing, like absolutely nothing, no one's saying anything about him. And we gotta hear we gotta hear people saying, oh, I expected more from the Red Wings this year. Or ah, uh, you know, it's, it's, imagine if the Lions have a you know, they they go six and whatever they win six games next year. People are gonna be like, oh, I, thought, I expected more. Then well, what is this bullcrap? This baseball team? It's not even fun. I went to opening day. That was that was the funnest they had this season. At least Javi Baez is electric. That's it. But geez, like I mean, this whole this whole team is just underachieving. More right now. So since you're so fixated on Alavila, and I get it, I do. Okay, I understand. However, let me ask you this then: Why do you think he's getting a pass? I don't even know. <laughs> like I don't even know. Like we don't even, we don't even get passes to our mom and dad for that like that long. <laughs> like if dad's out screwing another woman, 
You're not going, oh, wow. it's okay, it's okay, Dad. It's been seven years. You're you're out tramping along with these 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 invalids. Brad, I mean Alvila, he's getting seven years to absolutely do absolutely nothing. Like he's like he's not even a father figure. He's just he's just he's just there collecting a paycheck. Well, I'll tell you, he that that needs that needs to stop because we can't afford to wait and see another season. We really can't. And I think that what Alavila has done and he's highlighted the need for this ownership to make changes. And I think not only him, to be quite honest with you, but who the hell's the batting coach, right? Let's take a look at it. It doesn't matter about the batting coach because this is all falls on Alavila. Every ounce of it falls on Alavila. This guy is literally probably just laughing because he's getting paid to do absolutely effing nothing. Like I said, Ken Holland got raked over to the Coles. He won championships. He did stuff for the the, 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 fr- the franchise. Alvila's done nothing. He's getting a free effing pass. It's like it's like it's like when Matt Millen got a free pass from the Fords. Like give me a break. Chris Illich needs to get rid of this guy because this is this is a joke. You're talking about one of the most premier franchises in sports, the Detroit Tigers who has one of the oldest logos in sports. They have one of the rec- most recognizable brands in sports with the old English D. And you're going to you're gonna poop along this, all this poop emoji baseball <laughs> team. Wow, we're all about the excrement today. Okay, so here's the thing. They've got to make that, they've got to make a change somewhere. They've got to make it soon. And in the meantime, AJ Hinch is going to have to really pull out every listen, trick out of the book listen, to try to keep I know, this team. I know I'm a, I'm a little bit rambunctious right now, okay? Just a little bit. I know I'm a little bit rambunctious, but I got one last thing. Oh boy. And then we'll end it. Take Alavila, strap him to one of te- Elon Musk's uh, a rocket, okay. and send him to the moon. Because I don't need him no more. He's been an absolute just joke of a general manager. Like I said, you can get. Uh, you can. I could see more stuff being done if you actually do it. There's nothing being done. J, you traded JD and JV away, and you got nothing for him. There's no prospects like Eloy Jimenez or, or, or Dylan Cease like the White Sox got. We get Dow Lugo. Dow Lugo, that guy's probably like mowing lawns right now or, or, or working at Walmart. I don't know. Like, I don't even know who the hell Dow. He was on the Tigers for like five seconds. And don't get me started about J. Mark Candelario because that was that was a you, you that that's one you got you kind of lucked into. That's it. But besides that, the roster has not changed. If you go through the rosters, it is uh, like year by year, mm-hmm. hasn't changed that much. We just got rid of more crappy players for more crappy players, and then we added a little. Oh, here's a little bias. Here's a little. Here's a little awesome meadows. You know, putting the cherry on top of a shit. Uh, ice cream sandwich. That's exactly what it is. Wow. I don't think there's anything more I can say about that that I've already said. I understand the frustration, but we've got to just try to do whatever we can to stay competitive long enough for hopefully AJ Hinge and organization to fix this. If you don't get your act together, Chris, you're going to lose AJ Hinch and you're going to be stuck with this invalid IL Vila. I mean, look across the street to Stevie Wise. See what that guy's doing. And go get me a Theo Epstein like Stevie Wise uh, level. Go get me that guy. I don't want Alvila no more. He's an absolute joke. Well, that says it all.
All right, I'm done. So uh, next segment, we will be talking to Red Wings, at, where they actually have a general manager who actually can do stuff, who doesn't look like a dumbass in his front office, who doesn't make dumbass decisions like someone we know. And we'll talk about the coaching search and two players that we would like to add to the Red Wings roster next year. That's next in between the whistle. Welcome to Cindy Joe's show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And finally, we are talking about a real franchise, unlike that P-Brain franchise across the street at Comerica Park. But that was last segment. If you missed last segment, go back and listen to that, because, you know, I had a lot to say about that entire team. I'm surprised you're even getting on credit for being a team. Well, you know, I could say a lot of things. They're more like a Pee-Wee team. It's pretty bad. And by the way, they, they, I think they did lose to Pittsburgh tonight. Of course, of course they did. <laughs> Some flea bag franchise. Now, unlike Al Avila, we actually have a, a respectable, genius, good-looking man as our general manager oh, in Detroit. I know. Gosh, yes, he that, is. That's, that's his, I knew. I knew I was playing to you. <laughs> Cindy has a really big crush on. Mr. Stevie Y. Oh God, it's it's not even a rational crush but you anymore. Gotta, you gotta join. It's totally you, irrational. You gotta join the, the the club because I think he's got a lot of those people in this this town. Of course he does. He's beautiful and he's brilliant. See, it's the same thing women appreciate about men that men appreciate women. Women appreciate women or men appreciate women who are beautiful and brilliant, mm-hmm. and we appreciate the same. So of course, all there's a huge lineup crowd um, of women admiring and wanting to spend time with Stevie Eichmann because he is both beautiful and brilliant. Inside women's hockey, inside the women's mind presented by Cindy <laughs> Berry. And most women would agree with me, if not all of them. I'll, I'll take it. So, so Steve Y. Stevie Y sent Jeff Lashell packing. I don't care that he didn't renew the contract. That was all for shits and giggles. It's my turn. I'm so glad. See, I didn't bring it up first, but I was going to. Who said it? Who said it last week, Joe? And I've been saying it and saying it and saying it. It is time for Jeff Lashley to go. I told you last week that my man was going to make the command decision, being the leader that he is, and he knew he needed to let Jeff Lashley go. He did it. He did it with class, grace, style, and dignity as he does everything. And you were wrong. I was right. You were like, he's not going to let him go. I said, I'm telling you, Stevie Y is going to make a command decision. He is going to release Jeff Blaschel. Who was right? You were. Okay. Yeah, Jeff Blaschel got sent through a cannon. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Blaschel did a really, really nice job with the roster that he had. The the whole, he inherited a lot of mess. He dealt with a lot, as Stevie Y said, a shit show. And he did the best with it. Now it's on to the next person. And there's just a couple names that I want to bring up to you, and you could say yay or nay or no. Hell no. Okay. So the first name is Lane Lambert. So, or Lane Lambert. Or Lambert. Lambert or whatever. Lambert. Whatever. French. Whatever. He was once. Long Lambert. He was once. Gotta get the French. He was once Stevie Wise roommate. Yes. He played for the Red Wings. He is on Barry Trotz's staff. He's been Barry Trotz's right hand man. You know that's who is your man. That is I your love man. Him. If if we're gonna have a, a, a GM crush, a, a man crush, a coach crush, yeah, that's yours. Okay, I, I, Barry Trotz is one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
John Cooper second. I like I like John Cooper a lot. Mm-hmm. You could tell that he was a lawyer. Just saying, the way the way he talks and everything, like he seems like he could like he could sell blood to a blood bank. And then uh, I like Mark Sullivan of the uh, the Penguins. I do like him. He's he's very straightforward and it's like he's all serious and everything. Well, given what Stevie has said in his presser recently on what he's looking for in a coach, do you think that Len Lambert uh, fits the bill? If you were to look at a coach. Which, let's let's talk about, Stevie Y said, what is he looking for? He's looking for someone who's demanding. But in a calm demeanor. But a calm demeanor. And there's no person that he's learned that from other than Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz is the ultimate calm demeanor, but like, you know he means business behind the bench. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he straightened out Alex Ovechkin to play defense. That's how that's how straightforward he is. I don't know why Washington thought they could not keep him or whatever because he had that team humming. You know, Nashville got rid of him too, and now they got some dumbass behind the bench called John Hines. So that's what you want to avoid if you're a Bruins fan. You want to avoid the John Hines, Jim Hines or whatever, whatever the bald dude's name is. Hines, John Hines, I don't know. Hines fifty seven. All, all, all I know, all I know is he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's bald. He he makes bad coaching decisions and he's just awful. And like you know, like people have said with Blatchel, he doesn't make game game adjustments. That's that's Hines. So that's what you want to. That's what you want to avoid when you're looking for a coach. Mm-hmm. You want you want to get someone like like a guy who is like Stevie White said, uh, calm demeanor. But demand yeah. it because you should really not be best friends with your coach. He should be, you know, someone that you, you know, can get you going. Because I think that's something that Blashill kind of struggled with was not being as demanding. He was too quiet. He was a nice guy. You know what I'm saying? He was too nice. Right. Too accommodating. And, 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 he- some, and sometimes you have to be mean to these guys. I mean – Dwayne Casey in, in for the Pistons. He's not the. He's not this. He's a calm demeanor, but he's demanding. You can tell he's demanding. Well, they, it, it's a matter of what they're demanding, and and I think that's where Stevie was going with this. And you've got to have a coach who is going to demand excellence. And I think he sees that because he had that coach in Scotty Bowman who Absolutely. was demanding, but with a quiet demeanor. And if you're looking for a coach, that's exactly what you want. I think Lane Lambeer uh, really fits the bill to that. Because he's served under Barry Trotz, he's really he's really been you know Barry Trotz's right hand man you know uh, because he's been with Barry Trotz for years. But you know, just because that's who he is his understudy, or is you know, just because that's the case does not mean that he is going to adopt his um, demeanor or he's going to adopt his style. So I really don't know, and I don't think any of us are in a position to know enough of Lambert's style to make the call as to whether or not that's what Steve is looking for. Well, However, I got this quote from Matt Martin, the Islanders forward. He goes about Lambert, Lambert, uh, Lambert, Lambert. Yeah. He goes, he's extremely detailed. You never go into a game not prepared because of Lane Lambert. And I like that because that means that he's, he's, he, he's, he thinks all the, he thinks thoroughly through the game. Another guy who um, who is mentioned in this article is Travis Green. He was the Canucks coach. He was let go last year. I mean, let go this year because he basically didn't um, 
coach up to the way that the Vancouver Canucks thought that they would. I don't like that one at all. Mm-hmm. They have Jim Montgomery, an assistant coach for St. Louis Blues. He was fired in 2019 for unprofessionalism. I don't think they're going to hire him either. Uh, there's one guy that I think that could could fit the bill, and this is a guy Stevie White hired in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Head coach of the Syracuse Crunch, Benoit Grew. He is. Uh, he was hired to the Crunch in uh, 2016, 2017. When yeah, I that there. doesn't work for me. I got to be able to pronounce the guy's name. Well, that's <laughs> I one. need a coach. I need a coach with a. See now, Jeff Blaschel is easy, and you know why? Because you know I'm married to a Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, it was easy for me. I mean, there's there's a couple of college coaches like David Carl, Carlisle, um, yeah. the Denver University coach. You guys, you obviously the Rebels have a couple of Denver prospects. Um, you have Roger uh, Weinberg from the he's a head coach for Orlando, which we have a lot of players that came from for Orlando, from yep. the Swedish League, Hockey League. I mean, the, what what reality is though, you're looking for the best coach to coach his team and guide them to a better record than they had last year. And I think that in order to do that, I don't think he's going to find it in the college ranks. I think he's going to have to stick with the pros. Um, and I think he's going to have to look for somebody in the NHL. So You know what's, in- you know what's interesting about uh, CVY when he made these hires, though? What's that? He's hired two guys. He hired got, uh, Guy Boucher, who uh, was early on Tampa Bay coach. Mm-hmm. And he hired... John Cooper. Do you know how many games coach they had in the NHL? I'm guessing not many. Zero. Both of them. But did they come from the A? Well, John Cooper did. Professional ranks. John Cooper did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, college is is, just up there. I mean, like, you have college coaches that come up to the NHL. Some of them do well and some of them don't. Um, You know, you have to look in to see who is a college coach that has done well. But... You know, I, I, for me, I'm just looking for a guy like kind of like a, a John Cooper. I'm looking for a guy like uh, Mike Sullivan, Bruce Cassidy. You know, those guys are very, very detail oriented, and they always seem to play, p- push the right buttons at the right time. You know, that's one of the things that separates a good coach or a manager. In like in baseball, you got AJ Hinch. He just knows when to press the right buttons. Now, obviously, he's not pressing the right buttons, but that's because John, <laughs> yeah. the general manager's an idiot. Anyways, back to our talk. Right. You have to find a guy who can press the right buttons and get the boat most of the team. That's one of the things that Blasio lacked was pushing the right buttons and trying to find the right cohesiveness. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the things that he lacked. Now, if you're looking, you know, you if you look at uh, like the Canucks, you know, they, they they had Bruce Boudreaux that they hired late in the year and they basically pushed for a playoffs. I mean, that's things that could happen when you get a new coach, you know, a coach that really has respectability in the room. Well, and I think that's exactly, and I was just about to say that, um, that I think Steve is going to have to bring somebody in who's got a ton of credibility and he's going to have to pay for him because he's kind of got to wait cheap with Jeff Blaschel for all these years and I think he's going to have to ante up some bucks and bring on a coach who means business. He's got to bring in somebody who's got some credibility because this team needs that. They need to have somebody like a Scotty Bowman to come in there and give them direction and someone who they are going to take direction from. 
okay? And it's got to be somebody who's got some rings. I don't know who they're going to get, to be honest with you. I'm looking at the available coaches, and I'm not so sure that I think perhaps he's going to have to look for somebody who maybe is not so obviously available or maybe quietly go about it, maybe someone who's quietly looking for a move. But I think he's got to pick up somebody who's got some rings, and he's got to pick up someone who's got some respect when he walks in that room because these guys have been basically coaching themselves uh, you know, with, their, with their, their big brother, uh, Jeff Blaschel, for a while. They need a dad to walk in there. They need some dad juice to walk in that room, and they know that they better perform. I'll, I'll go with Lane Lambert. I really will because I think I think being with Barry Trotz, he knows how to do he knows how to do the things that he knows how to push the right buttons. He's detail oriented, which means he knows what he's doing. He can push the right buttons. I think if he if he stays with the method that Barry Trotz shows. You know, the calm demeanor, the demandingness to play defense through. That's one of the things that Stevie Y mentioned was, you know, that defensive pairings weren't great, but they need to play better team defense. And that's what he's, I think he's going to be looking for. And that's why I think he's going to bring Lane Lambert on here. Uh, I'll tell you, you know, who I like, it, you know, there was some talk about whether or not Steve would look into bringing back uh, one of the old gang, possibly Larry Onoff. Or possibly Sergey. Larry Onoff is not coming back. Correct. Fedorov so, is not coming back. Well, I see. The, I, I, I just, I gotta burst this bubble for people. You're not getting Fedorov. You're not getting Larry Onoff. You gotta go with the coach who. It's much easier to coach in the KHL than it is to coach in the NHL. Talking about the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. You gotta, I, in my opinion, you have to find a guy who has been around NHL talent, whether they're an assistant coach or they're a college coach or they're an AHL coach, and you have to find the right guy who has who, who has been in that room and has you know dealt with the egos of some of those players and he knows how to get around it. That's what I think. I think, you know, Fedorov would be nice, but, like, if, I don't think Fedorov is coming here. I don't think Larry Onoff is coming here for sure. Like, I just think that the, I think with Stevie Y, he's going to be looking for a guy who is defensive detailed. I think Lane Lambert hits that button right on the hook. Well, I think the fact that Steve knows him, he's got a relationship with him already. Steve likes to bring on people who I think understand him too um, and who he feels that he can have um, you know, those candid conversations with without all the other stuff getting in the way. Um, and also, I think, you know, he, he he understands chemistry and the need for that, and he's got to have somebody he can work with. So I think there's probably a good possibility of that, I think, from those perspectives, if it, it, it fits the bill. And I'll be honest, I really do think that Steve already has somebody in mind. When he oh, made, no, no doubt. He already knows who he when wants. He, when, he, when he made that no decision, doubt. when he made the decision, he already, yeah. he already had a short list. Yep. Yeah, and I think he knew exactly who he wanted, too, and I think he was signaling uh, who he wanted. So um, we'll just see now if he can get him. And now, now, now we were talking. Now as we move on from the coaching circle, we move on to the roster. Obviously, the roster has to get better. So I have two signings that I would make if I was Stevie Y, and you have two signings that you would make. Yep. One of the signings I would make for the forwards is Johnny Goudreau. Because I think that he would be absolutely 
splendid with uh, Larkin. Um, I think you put Raymond on that line. That could be a that could be a that could be a hell of a line to deal with. I mean, and then it pushes Veranda down to the second line, Pertuzzi down to the second line. So you have two good uh, lines, and then you fill in a center with maybe like a, a Trochak or something, or a Kadri, or a Berger. Maybe Berger comes up and plays good. And then my defensive guy I would go after would be John Klingberg. He's a young guy. Both these guys are young. Mm-hmm. Both of them are young. Both of them come into a young dressing room, but they have experience, you know. I would love John Klingberg as a, as a defenseman on a second pair after Sider. Maybe pair him up with a, a guy like uh, a left-handed shot who could – who could draw well with them? I don't know. They're gonna have to figure out who the left-handed shot would be, because maybe Jake Wallman. I think I like Jake Wallman a lot, but I really do think that the 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 Rebels are gonna go get a forward and a defenseman in this in this free agency period. I think he's. I think CBY is gonna be the most active he's ever been in free agency. Well, I think he has to be. I really do because he's got some serious needs that he has to get filled if he really wants to. Make, and, and now's the time with a coaching change coming on. And also that new coach is going to have a lot to say about who Steve picks up in free agency. And I'll tell you, um, if I'm going with the defenseman and we're talking about kind of like who my dream, you know, we're talking about who my dream signings would be. I think we would do well to pick up PK Subban um, from New Jersey. Uh, he's a right-handed defenseman. Uh, we need a defenseman. We don't have a lot of right-handers. I think Kronik is one of our only right-hand shots um, on defense. And, you know, I think he's hit or miss. I think P.K. Subban could um, assist with that. I think he'd also be um, an interesting fit uh, maybe on, you know, um, possibly with Mo Sider. Uh, what P.K. Subban is somebody that that I would go after. Um now he's expensive, but that's the problem. Uh, so I think you're not going to get him cheap, okay? Cool, and man. he's getting older. Who is it, Subban? Yeah, he should come at four and a half million. Well, you know he's getting older too, and I don't know. I don't know if you can get him at four and a half, but um, and I in two, I don't know if he's going to be looking for a long term contract. Don't know if it'll work. But we were talking about before the show, Joe. We're not talking about what is going to work or what's, but what would our dream that that what I think would fill a huge hole on defense. P.K. Subban, uh, tested, proven. I think he's somebody, something that uh, would be also put butts in seats, sell some tickets. I think he'd be a great Red Wing. Um, if we're moving on to forwards, um, you know, my dream is I wanted a goalie, but I got to tell you, I'm looking through and I just don't see options for a goalie. I think we need to try to do that. I said that before, but I don't see any goalies I like in free agency. Um, so let's talk about a forward. Since you did a forward and a defenseman, mm-hmm. I'll be a forward. Philip Forsberg. From Nashville, um, right-handed left winger, or yeah, right-handed left winger. Um, he's 27. He's still got quite a bit of playing time left, but he's got enough time in. Uh, he's again uh, doing. I, I think he's reliable. He's um, one. He's uh, let's see how many points per game. 1.22. That works. Again, uh, now he's at, at a $6 million salary right now. I think that is a guy that we could pick up for four and a half um, or four million. If we can pick up Subban, if we could pick up Subban and Forsberg uh, in a package deal somehow for 10 million or less, 
I think those are two phenomenal additions that the Red Wings could pick up and would help fill a couple of the holes and give Steve some flexibility and the new coach some flexibility with possibly releasing some of these other guys that we've had hanging around the roster, in my mind, a little too long that haven't developed. I think Forsberg would be a great addition to the team. Only problem with Forsberg is sometimes he's a he's a little bit of a free roamer. Uh, what is a free roamer? Free roamer is when a guy doesn't like to play defense and he likes to you know he likes to play this okie doke game where he, he wants to play when he wants to play. It's the only reason I don't like Phil Forsberg. I mean, I watch him with Nashville and. He's a great player, but sometimes when he's not on his game, he's one of the worst uh, defensemen. Like the defend the uh, four, he's one of the worst forwards at playing defense. Mm-hmm. You gotta have five forwards. You gotta have three forwards that play like to play defense because that's how you win. That's how you play championship hockey. Well, I think that any and, of these players and, that and we've the, talked and, about and would about, be an improvement over. And, what we've gotten, and we'll fill some. And the thing sure. about PK Subban is, you know, he yeah, he's older, but he likes he he can shoot the puck from the, the you know the point. Good guy to have in the power play and everything, but in his defensive end, he's a little bit he's a little bit aggressive. So sometimes he'll get a little bit of a a play where it should be easy, and he makes it look a lot harder than it is. Gets caught out of position, and. um you know, the reason I like Johnny Goudreau and I like Klingberg is Goudreau, the one thing that the Red Wings need to have is puck possession. I think he helps out with the puck possession. Same thing with Klingberg. They both help out with the puck possession. That's one of the things I'm looking for because I think – and if you had to give me another guy, I would get what's signed to be Trochak as another guy who could play puck possession. I I just need my guys to play puck possession. I need, I need more – more guys that are going to play the puck and and keep the puck and, and and not make stupid passes, you know, might not make this cross ice pass that's not going to make it to the the, the other side. Mm-hmm. Or in the case of Domestikov, when he he threw that pass to to a uh, a guy like Sidney Crosby on a breakaway, that was fun early in the season. But <laughs> I mean, it's just it's those those little things that add up. You can't really put. Um, you got to be smart with the puck. That's one of the things that I I value the most. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not smart with the puck, you're not gonna you're not gonna win. Yeah. And I looked at this 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 Rubbings team, and you know when Larkin when he got hurt after the All Star break, you 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 start to see that like if Larkin wasn't a hundred percent, that team was toast because they had no other people that could possess the puck. I mean Bertuzzi is another one, but you need six guys that can possess the puck. On your top two lines, yeah. I mean, you look at the you look at the playoffs like Tampa Bay, right, or Toronto. Like, look at their first two lines and go, "That's what you got to deal with." You know, for the first time ever, you've had eight teams in the Eastern Conference playoffs. All of them are over a hundred points. That's what you're dealing with. These these teams are really built to win, and they're built to win now. They got a lot of young talent. It just it's hard for Stevie Y because he's dealing with a very, very difficult situation because not only is he, you know, rebuilding this team, but he's rebuilding this team in, in, in a, in a really tough division. 
I mean, you got you got four good teams in this divi- this division mm-hmm. that could absolutely like just roll. You know, you got Florida, Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto Maple Leafs. You have a team like the Senators that are on their way up. You got a team like the Boston Bruins. You got a team like I mean, even though Montreal wasn't team, I think they're better than their record showed. It's that's a t- it's a tough division. So the, the, I, if I was looking for someone, it'd be puck possession because I think that's the biggest issue with the Rebels right now. Well, I think in for those reasons and more, he needs to bring in some known quantities. Uh, he needs to bring in people who are guys who are going to be reliable, guys who are proven. And, you know, the thing is, though, we don't know what this new coach is going to do. You know, he might, they might shake the whole thing up and change the whole program. And now, you know, you're in a totally different environment because you've got a team that looks nothing like what you've got right now. So who knows how many wholesale changes they're going to make here. Um, it could be they're not looking to fill holes. It could be they're looking to totally restructure and, and re and make this team look entirely different than it, it does right now. I will say one thing, though. I think that a coaching change could benefit the following players. Rasmussen and Valena. And I think that's the two people that would really benefit the most because I think – under Blashill, they didn't really, they didn't really develop enough. I mean, Rasmussen is starting to come around. He's, he's starting to play good hockey, but Valeno needs to get on the next level. Well, you may as well throw Zadina in there with those guys too. Uh, Zadina is starting to get, starting to get up there. Zadina, well, the problem with Zadina is, I don't think they're going to keep Zadina. I'll be honest with you, I, I don't. Think, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be shocked him. if he was, he was put in a trade. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see him stay around, but I think Zadina is going to be, be a guy that they keep because I think he's. He's starting to show that he's 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 ready to play now. Like I think I think we put him in too too early. I think you know Zadina's got a if he's on the third line and he's playing with a guy like Bergeron or a, guy, a third line center who can get him the puck. I think that could really help. I think when he was on the line with Larkin, he played a lot better. Mm-hmm. I think you just need to get him a guy who can get him the puck and. He's still learning because you know when he was in the the, uh, the league that he was in, he wasn't. There wasn't really a defense for a type of guy like Zadina who can just shoot the puck. You know, unless you're unless you're Ovechkin or Line or Panarin. I mean, you really don't get those shots. You got to be really calculated with, with what you do. So Zadina's got to learn that. But I think I think he's gonna. I think he's growing up in our eyes. But I, I just think that. If the Rubbings are gonna go and do something next year, I think they gotta get more puck possession type guys on there. So I think if you could push uh, Goudreau in there, and you push Verona down the second line, uh, Bertuzzi down the second line, that gives you two good lines. And then if Zadina pops, Rasmussen pops, you know, you're not relying on them to give you offense anymore. You know, Zadina was on the second line last year, and he wasn't really ready for that role. I mean, when you're going against this, the top six of another team who's way better than you, not going to have a shot. Now, if you're going against their, their bottom, their, you know, their bottom six, that could, that could help you out really, really well, but that's what it is. Well, I think what they've got to do is they've got to put guys in there in the top six. That's going to end up pushing guys like Zadina down into the bottom six. To me, Zadina, Zadina's not a top six guy to me. Um, you I could have become that guy, but 
I he's, don't. He's, he's not. He's not at that level yet. And when you get when you play these guys, when you play Tampa Bay, okay, you're not going against um, Bob Smither, and you know you're going against Andre Pilat and Alex Kalorn, and their second line center is Braden Point, or their second line center is Stamkos. Like, thank you. That's a that's a nice. It's a nice consolation prize. I get to play these guys. You know what I'm saying? Those are guys that are polished. You know, you go, you, you even even Toronto. You go to Toronto. You know, you got Matt Bunting. You got you got Tavares. You got. I think I think you got to bring on a guy again. You got to bring some rings into that locker room. I don't care if you're talking about your coaching staff. I don't care if you're talking about your players. They got to bring some guys in there. They're going to give some confidence to these younger guys. Give some mentorship to them. And, and get them where they need to be. How many of these Red Wings right now have a Stanley Cup? How many have a ring? I mean... Right. That's my point. None of them. Well, two two of them. Uh, Sunquist and Wallman. Well, I think I don't get no We just brought, on, just brought them on. But, it, but it, here's my, the thing. My point, my point is this. Top six, they need to get solidify the top six, period. That's on the story. Like, that's, right. That's what they need to do. And, but they, they need some solid talent. And if you want to call it, you know, puck possession, okay, I get that. I mean, my God, why don't you just go? I was encouraged by the, the power play units they were putting together, right? But yet, still not able to get us there because we just don't have the offense and our defense is non-existent. So you've got to bring on a solid guy like a Subban on D. Because you got some really exciting talent coming up. Obviously, you got Cider, who's already there. You've got, you know, Evanson is coming up. You've got, um, um, oh gosh, who's the other one? We got another one coming up in the pipeline. So you got, you've got some really good. They got, they got guys coming up. Coming they, they up. Just, they just need to. You need an anchor, though. My point no, is, you need an anchor, just, and it can't be they, no they, Cider. They just need a guy back there, a young guy. Can't bring in old guys. And that's what it comes down to. But. I need think you need I think you need a veteran, and I think you need one uh in the top six. And okay. that is the segment for Between the Whistles, the drubbing segment. We will see you in the next segment. See you then.